This episode of Pot of the Jam is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. You know this one? Great big gobs of yeah, greasy grimy gopher guts, mutilated monkey meat, chop a little piggy feet, french fried eyeballs, swimming in a pool of blood. Mm, that sure tastes good. <laughs> hey, I'm Haley. I live down the road. I- I'm Eula. They say you're what, like allergic to the world, right? I guess you could say that. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Behind his eyes lies a plan. Who is he? Mr. Highway. Wow. What are you gonna do with him? I think she's making me sicker. It's the medication. No, it's not the medication. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. What are you guys up to out there? Sorry, Mom. Top secret. Where are we going? We're here. This is not a human child. Make no mistake. I hope you don't think of this as a medical facility. To me, it's a home. And for now, it's your home. Oh, it's been so long. Everything we hoped for is right here. Shall we begin? Welcome back to the Pod of the Damned. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. We are very, very, very deep into October and... Uh, we are moving on to our next subgenre in the horror work. Uh, I'm Shori. I'm in. I'm Dean. Oh, and I'm Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I don't think we we almost said it at the same time, Dean. But I think we just got two Deans. That's fine. I know. We, we exactly. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, one double, double the Dean. Needs just one. Just right. needs yeah, just one. one. I would say one is not enough, but it it really is. But <laughs> two, two, but two is great. Too but two, one is too two much. Is, two is getting. <laughs> <laughs> two is two is just two is a tornado. I don't know. Two's double the pleasure. Double, double the fun. <laughs> <laughs> double everything. Now I'll, today, I'll just sit over here and watch, guys. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today's subgenre is one that I find particularly terrifying, but not for the subgenre reason, just in general, <laughs> because <laughs> they are. And we are talking evil kids, evil children, which yep. I mean, some people might say is all children. Some people might say subgenre of horror. I thought that was just my parenting life. 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 What? I, yeah, it's just my life. Yeah. And this exactly. is one of, one of the things about the films, like we've got some great films to discuss, but the thing that I always find really creepy about, um, I, I, I always look at these films and think it must be really awesome for the kids as actors to because this, yes. a child actor, is something awesome to be able to be a part of and dig their teeth into. And they probably have no understanding of just how interesting and intense and dark of something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But also, um, they're just, it's just like the kids you see constantly. So when they're trying to create this kind of image of, oh, oh, they're really an evil child, I'm like, that's what children are like. That's 100% <laughs> what they're like all the time. And my question before we start is, Shuri, does that make you question your own children then? If you think, because everything <laughs> the kids do, it makes me go, um, that's what children do. It's not evil. That's yeah. 100% kids. Well, there are there are points, like having seen a lot of these movies over the years, there are points where I said to my wife, I'm probably lucky when none of my kids have been drop kicked across a room in the middle of the night when they've come <laughs> down to check on us. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you wake up and there's this tiny little figure inside the pit, oh, fuck, bang, and you're like, ooh, didn't mean mm-hmm. that. But, no, I, I can safely say I've never kicked one of my kids across a room in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. 
During the day, maybe, but not during the night. You know what? Kids, <laughs> kids are creepy. And, like, I, I don't have kids, but I remember, like, as a kid, uh, I couldn't sleep one night and uh, it was a time that I was meant to be in bed and my dad was still up watching TV in the lounge room. And because I'm, I don't know, just like a little ferret, I was just so <laughs> quiet and small. <laughs> I snuck, I crept in to the lounge room so slowly, so quietly and just crept in there to the point that I was then crouched there in the corner like a fucking goblin watching the TV and my dad couldn't quite see me yet and he had no idea that I was there. (laughs) I crept in so slowly and quietly he did not even know and I'm just thinking now as an adult, fuck off, fucking terrifying. If I was my dad and Mm -hmm. I'd suddenly got got up to do something and there was this creepy little kid crouched in the corner, I would have pooed my pants. You would get drop kicked. I, uh, before yeah. we dive into the movie, I'm going to tell a quick story when I was babysitting my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I was just like, look, if you see her sleepwalking, she's just nervous about oh, her communion God. coming up. Or, so it's all good. And I'm like, okay. And they go, but it's just, and this is my, my auntie and uncle, they have this beautiful house, nice big house as well. Like, I'm not trying to set up a horror story. This is just a fact. And I was about to say, it wasn't, you weren't having an elaborate dinner no, 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 party and she came down the stairs and no, no, no. herself in a nightgown. No, 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 Because I've seen that movie. <laughs> but I, I was like, okay, sleepwalking, how bad? Your mother needs socks in hell. And they had Fox 8, <laughs> so I was like happily watching Fox 8, whatever was on Fox 8. And Probably then the my cousin walks down and they went, when she sleepwalks, just leave her. She'll make her way back to her room. We figured this out. Like, she just has a path she follows. She comes down and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. All right, she's sleepwalking. She's in a daze. She goes into the kitchen dining room area. She comes back and she's holding a giant knife. Oh, my like God. Like one of the massive yep. knives. Yep. And she's just standing there holding the knife and staring at me. And I'm like, okay, okay what do I do? <laughs> and and basically and all she was doing was just walking around holding the knife. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow her because I'm not sure what to do in this scenario. I, and the one thing I know is that like, don't try to wake a person, don't try to mm-hmm. take something off them. And and I mean, she got she went to the chopping block and got the biggest knife possible. And then she just kept walking around, walking around, walking around, and then went to upstairs to her room, put the knife down, and went back to bed. And I grabbed the knife and took it back and was bricking it. Like, at that yes. point, I was just like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? It, I told her parents when they came home from babysitting, and then it turns out what we figured out is that she, um, that day, they'd been talking about her cake for her communion. Uh, so she was dreaming and anxious about it and was literally like, because she started doing it a couple of other nights as well, and would and she was looking to cut the cake. And isn't that insane? But she literally just, and I'm like, I remember at the time just laughing a lot because it was so crazy because when I'm really nervous, I laugh. Like in any kind of terrible scenario, if I start laughing, you know that I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> but I will yep. cackle like crazy. But, yeah, like... Kids, and that's the thing. When I look at these it's a movies, bean-shaped cake, complete. Oh god! Jesus. But when I look at these movies, and I think, if you take the lens off of horror from the film, the, a lot of this stuff could just be inserted into anything. Mm-hmm. And and it's only, and that's what's where it's like. It's the genre that makes it creepy, which means by default, kids are creepy and evil. Well. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I and I, but I think honestly, it's, I think it's the juxtaposition because kids are meant to represent something that is innocent and mm-hmm. and naive, and then when you make them evil, it just feels wrong. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be, and it makes it even scarier. Um, so, let, should we jump into our first film? Yeah. 
yeah, I've already yeah, forgotten which one we're jumping into. So the first <laughs> one we're else. doing. Um, was this my pick? Yeah, this was my pick. Um, was it the good son? No, that was good son. No, was my pick, wasn't it? no, that's Shuri's pick. Yeah, Wait, what good was son was my pick. pick. No, your, your pick is the your pick is the last one, Dean, and, mm. and okay, my cool. pick is the middle one. So we're starting <laughs> with Shuri's pick. <laughs> okay. So so my pick was The Good Son from 1993, um, starring everyone's favourite child actor, Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also one of of my favourite adult actors now that I've seen him in the new season of American Horror Story, he's amazing Yeah, that. He's incredibly good. Um, He's very good. And a baby Elijah Wood. Very baby Elijah Wood. I mean, they were both huge at this point this is yeah. what's interesting about mm-hmm. this they were both were both you know very successful child actors so this film was quite the um not the stretch but this was what i remember and i remember going to see this film i remember this film um right. and re-watching it i was shocked to realize how much i remembered this film but i had it on vhs even like oh, wow. this this yeah 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 a 90 dollar vhs why, back I'll then i'll be honest that's why i assumed this was my pick because i'd watched it as a kid, uh, and because it was it was a huge thing to have these child actors that had done all these fun fantasy things mm. be doing this. In fact, I believe this is the film that Macaulay Culkin got paid a million dollars to do. Right, it doesn't surprise this, me. This was a year. I, I looked it up. This was a year after he did Home Alone two, so this was yeah. right off the back of massive, massive Home Alone fame and success. Um, so it must have been, you know, because at the time when this came out, I was too young to see it the year it came out, but I imagine it must have been so bizarre for people to see Kevin McAllister in this kind of role right off the back of the Home Alone movies. Um, So before we get too deep, I'm just going to jump into the IMDb. Oh, We lost lost our way. Uh, So it's a young boy stays with his aunt and uncle and becomes friends with his cousin, a boy of the same age who shows increasing signs of violent and psychopathic behaviour. Yeah. I I feel like when, when you, when you, um, picks this movie Shory. I remember Dean and I were like, oh God, why do we need to be re-traumatized? It really is one of those fucking traumatizing films. I feel like everyone remembers seeing this when they were, and I feel like everyone was just a little bit too young when they saw it, no matter what oh, age yeah, group you're in. I don't know why yeah, yeah. everyone saw it too young. And because it was Macaulay Culkin, everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And can I just say, <clears throat> far out, he does creepy so well he's amazing in it (laughs) i would actually say better than cute like he's not i never found kevin McAllister or like i mean kevin McAllister's a bit of a brat um yeah but he does sinister so well like and and i mean even the smoking it's just like oh my god scene and all of it and he really like they they play the two of them play off each other really well i think elijah wood has to work that little bit harder because he constantly has to be that doe-eyed, you know, yeah. kid. But it's it's that kind of But he does like, have the eyes for it. I mean, his oh, eyes are gorgeous and so but huge. I love but anyway. that, I love that um, Macaulay Culkin is evil. It's just there's no explanation, mm. there's no need. He is just that. And he's manipulative, uh, he's evil, he's manipulative, yeah. he's just, he's like everything is calculated. Like he'll do mm. something yeah. and go, well, you you did it with me. Like when mm. they... You know, as we always say, we're getting into spoilers, but when they kill when he kills the dog. Yeah, he's and he's hundred he percent sociopathic. You helped me get rid of that dog. You helped mm. me put it in the well. So well, we're both me, at fault here. You helped me yeah. push the dummy off the bridge. Yeah. So we're both at fault here. Absolutely. So manipulative. It actually made me because I watched this with Elroy last night. Another stunning 
example of a film that Elroy had never seen and I couldn't believe it. Ah. I was like, all right, well, we're going to watch The Good Son together. Mm. Um, And it made me think watching it again and and I said to him, you know, do you ever, have you ever been a, you know, maybe, you know, years back, maybe if you thought, well, I wonder if I'll have kids one day, did you ever sort of think like what would I do if I had a kid who just turned out like this? And he started sort of talking about like, oh, God, like that fear of like messing them up and I was like, no, no, no. I mean just like they are just born like that. They're mm-hmm. just sociopathic and because, you know, the way the film's set up, it's like you said, Dean, or sure, I can't remember who said it, but there's no reason <laughs> for it. He's just evil. Yeah. There's no, like, yeah. this awful thing happened to him when he was really young or his or parents really messed shit up. Out of him. Yeah, no, yeah. there's nothing. He is just evil. Um, and yeah. I had, Dean, I had the opposite experience to you. I was surprised how much of this movie I had forgotten because I saw it way too young. Um, and I saw it once. So this was the first time I've seen this movie in about probably 20, more than 20 years. Um, all I remembered from the film, all I remembered was the scene where he tries to shoot the cat but misses mm-hmm. because I, I remember I saw it at such a young age that even the just the notion of deliberately doing something so cruel an and hurtful just just kind of broke me and that's all I remember so I was <laughs> I'm watching this with Elroy being sometimes watching a movie with me is painful because I'm, I'm sitting there going oh my god why would you do that like and I'm like oh Elroy do you reckon I I actually think deep down he killed his baby brother and Elroy's like you've seen it and I'm like I know I can't remember does, does this sound familiar to you and when you're watching me with Elroy does he do a lot of and then hit pause Look, <laughs> <laughs> because because this is something I do with my kids a lot. So it sounds like watching a movie with you and my kids should watch movies together and I'll watch movies with Elroy. Look, I'm not like that in all. So I don't know why. Some movies, not all movies, some movies I just I just get my chat on and I just I kind of talk to the characters and I feel the, and this was one of them. I just kept feeling the need to be like, oh, like every now and again I'd just be, be like, you are a cunt, mate. I'm not like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like what you're doing. And Elroy's like, God. <laughs> this is okay. So the only thing I didn't like about the movie was the opening music, which I texted you both about. <laughs> texted you both about <laughs> at the start. And <laughs> is that it was just so weird and lifetime yeah, movie. And and it was a jaunty. It was a jaunty little ditty. It totally felt that way. It was so strange. And then we come to like this this oh, it was just and this is my thing again where I'm turning around and saying, in unless it, the everything that was going on is stuff, stuff that kids just could have done. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this film as well, it's all about the way it's acted. A lesser mm-hmm. skilled child actor would wouldn't have been able to deliver this so brilliantly. And it's it's like it just keeps moving. The bit that killed yeah. me was Elijah Wood, Wood saying to him, "Well, you're because for everyone that knows, Elijah Wood's character's mother dies." And yeah. then he goes to stay with his aunt, which is where the you know his brother is uh, Macaulay Culkin. While his dad closes cool the stuff. deal, and his mm. while his dad closes the deal, blah blah blah. And his mother is played by the same actress who was play- um, his aunt is played by the same actress who played his mother. Um, and and so he's he's constantly like, oh, she remi- he's constantly reminded of his mum by her. And and a part of me kind of feels like. I feel like the writer absolutely put that in to create that little bit of tension between them, but none mm. of it really existed in what we saw. Like it wasn't this power play of of her, you know, his relationship to her because Macaulay Culkin was just sadistic, sadistic as this kid. I, and I, it was great. Yeah. Like 
the 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 ice skating bit and the mm-hmm. hide and seek and, and I do remember the awesome ice skating about bit, actually yeah. yeah every little and and that they found an actress that looks exactly like Macaulay Culkin in a long wig it's terrifying to me it's his sister, his sister? Oh, okay mm-hmm. no wonder yeah yeah it I thought the same thing I was like geez that's good casting that yeah. they really it, look yeah. alike okay well the but thing the thing that, that I always remembered from this movie was. When we talk about things you remember, I, I mean, I had seen it as well, but mine was the in the treehouse where Macaulay Culkin looks at him and goes, "Don't fuck with me." Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Watching watching this movie again, <laughs> I was really impressed with how how well that lands. Still, yeah, like yeah. watching it, I was like, "Oh, like it's really unsettling." There's something about the timing and the way he says it. You're just like, "Oh fuck, that's something that no, no, mm-hmm. this is bad. Yeah. This is really yeah. bad." Yeah, and it ta- again, it like you're right, it takes a phenomenal child actor to be able to pull that off. Are you laughing because I stumbled on my words? Yeah, can you say phenomenal again? Do 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 do. Phenomenal. I don't know how I said it. The first time. It sounded like Kim Jong Il in America. I, I can't even. I can't Listen, wait. Yeah. He is a phenomenal child actor, and. Shut up. Um, I was I was going to say earlier, though, um, Dean, I'm stepping back a little bit because I didn't get a chance to get in there. But when you were talking about the music being um, disarming and like a Hallmark movie at the beginning, and I completely agree, I have a theory. I think that the music in this film is meant to be aligned to Mark's experience of the world. So basically in the beginning it's all light and happy and whatever because his life is is normal and happy and whatever. And you'll notice even when he's playing with Henry, there were scenes where Elra and I was like, why is the music so light and happy? But then we realised it's because it reflects Mark's experience of, of hanging out with Henry and the and the push and pull. So one minute he's like, yay, we're running around and like pushing each other around and just being silly. And then suddenly when Henry says something messed up or does something messed up, the music changes. And I was like, this is Mark's view of the world. That's why the, I, I think that's why mm. the music is yeah. the way it is. Yeah, um, it makes total sense. Yeah. But it's, um oh, and I, oh, man, so obviously because I forgot half the fucking movie because you know what stuck with me about this movie? And it sounds like it, how could it be that good if you've got half of it? But it's amazing. And what stuck with me about the movie was the feeling it gives you, like that that dread. But watching it again, I, I realised I'd forgotten how it ended, right? And so I said to, yeah, I said to Elroy watching it, at the start I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I know this sounds bad, but I hope this fucking kid dies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, harsh, but I, I suppose it's fair. And at the end I was like, whoa, you, oh, yeah. you let your own son die. Like, And, and here's the thing, like that was moves. brilliant. But you know what Amazing. kills me is that I felt like the weight of it for me wasn't there. There's two things about it, like when, and, and just like uh, we, our spoilers are on the whole time during this podcast, like the mum oh, standing on the cliff face and he runs and pushes her to such a degree that she falls over the cliff and grabs herself. But my thing about that is, have you ever had a child run at you? Like, yeah. like, and she, you know, she could have stopped that, but then also on a whole next level, when it's that whole thing again, where one on each arm, Oh my God, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. And she made the choice. Like it was, it was brilliant, but the weight of it just didn't hit in the way. I wanted it to the, because the end of it seemed rushed. I mean that brilliant scene well, it did seem rushed but the brilliant scene when he um Mark tells her your mm. son's crazy and she slaps him and then hugs him 
you know, and that's our first kind of anything, you know, we, we get start to get this more about it, but it's still brilliant. It's just, it rushed to the end so quickly. To be honest, mm. like when I, I, I often, like I've said with the horror films, I hit pause to see where we're at because they go in so many different directions that mm-hmm. there's about four times during the film I feel like we could be at the end, yeah. you know, mm. which is great. And when I hit this and went, we've got 10 more minutes, what the hell's going to happen? Mm. Yeah. You know, like it was, yeah, because it was so that's much. A good, but yeah. That's a good point. Like now that I think about it, that kind of tension, uh, between Hen- <clears throat> excuse me, Henry and his mum is not really, it's not prominent enough throughout the rest of the film for that to be the most obvious and cathartic ending for it to be yeah. this really like Rosemary's Baby kind of. I mean, we totally want her. him dead though. Oh, we want him dead. But I think I would have preferred. It's, it's just that one scene. The one scene that finds a rubber ducky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the rubber ducky, and that was don't get me wrong, that was great. Mm. And that's our the first tension in that is brilliant. It's brilliant, but when that's our touchstone, can you do me a favour, Shori? Can you just have mm. a look at IMDb and see? Normally, there's also little facts or tidbits which I love mm. reading and make trivia questions out of. Is there anything interesting to to lead into that, or or to tell us a little bit more from from this one? Um, it says that Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood are very good friends even to this day. Um, That's cute. It it was not released theatrically in the UK because of the James Bolger case, which makes sense. Oh, fuck, God. I haven't thought about that for a long time. Nothing. I can see, no. I just thought there might be some other interesting things to tell us a bit more. Sometimes it tells me there were scenes or extra characters that had to get taken out and stuff like that. And I feel like that's there's there's just one more element to to twist that knife that we need. It did say that Macaulay Culkin did a thirty foot uh, fall on a cable to do that last bit off the cliff. He did it himself. Wow, which is pretty impressive. Wow, no, not really. I that, think, um, sorry. Oh, I was just say I think the with the ending there, it seems like. They were working on the editing and it was sort of like, oh, shit, we need to get this in under, a, you know, an hour and 50 minutes or something. And so we had to, have yeah. to slap slap this light ending together, which kind of like the, the rubber ducky thing should have been probably with about, I reckon, about 30 minutes to go. Like it, mm-hmm. it just seems like, shit, we need a reason why the mum doesn't want it. Oh, here we go. And we just go from there. But it needed more tension built earlier. Like the scene where she slaps um, Elijah Wood and then hugs him, to me that was like, that could have been played more of a, I know my, there's something wrong with my son, but you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and that, it's just, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's just good as well. Like, it's just, it just reminds me that children are evil. Like, it's brilliant <laughs> because there's no rhyme, there's no reason, there's no cause. Yeah. He's just bad. And it's mm-hmm. great. I still find The Good Son an odd title, but hey, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with, well, with the, the ending. Um, she chooses The Good Son oh, out of the door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. I feel like that's a a little later. Do you know what I mean? It's probably too obvious. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I guess, yeah. I mean, I always. It would have sounded great on a theatrical, like on a trailer, and it's like, the good stuff. And you've just got Macaulay Culkin looking evil. It's a catchy title. Yeah. (laughs) In a world Um, of sadistic children. Also, I did not even. The good son. Yeah. I didn't even know this, that in real life, his sister passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. I had no idea. Oh. But, yeah, she she died. Uh, she was killed in a car accident at the age of 29. Oh, shit. Oh. So, yeah. And looking at photos of her, holy shit, she looks like, even as she got older, it's Macaulay Culkin in a wig. Like, it's just oh, wow. they're, they're the, so, the spitting image of each other. 
with Macaulay Culkin coming back with American Horror Story and Elijah mm. Wood has made some really good choices over the last few years and he's running his own production company, I would really like a, a like an updated version of this as adults. Not an update as in oh, yeah. guys, but flip it because if, I don't know if either of you have seen Maniac with Elijah Wood in it, the remake of Maniac. He is fucking terrifying. And I would like to flip it and have Macaulay Culkin be the good one mm. and Elijah Wood be the evil person and flip it that way. But you know what's Okay, funny? that would be interesting. It, yeah, it's funny that you say that call, because... Call me Elijah. Yeah, well, um, Vaughn and Elroy have this theory that they love actors that, that played someone kind of really sweet or just a really mainstream kind of uh, character when they were younger. So they think about Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe. And then as they've mm-hmm. gotten older, they've taken on these really batshit insane kind of cult film roles and just lent into it. I think Macaulay yeah. Culkin sits in that category as well. Yep. And I, I, I kind of Agreed. agree. I, I love them. And it's really fascinating to see what they do as adults. Like I still remember Elijah Wood in Sin City. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Daniel Radcliffe played a farting corpse in a movie. So yeah, movie called Swiss Army Man. You look it up. It's okay. actually a really good film. Um, I still haven't <laughs> I seen. I forgot I about that film. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I still haven't seen. I think it's called Guns Akimbo. But that looks bonkers. I haven't seen that one either. That's meant to be excellent. Yep. I haven't seen it, but it's meant to be batshit insane. And Daniel Radcliffe in um, that TV series with Steve Buscemi. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I know Yep. Yeah, 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 the yep. God thing. The God thing. Yep. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but apparently his um, his role in that is is crazy as well. Dean, what's happening? Sorry, I've just, so we were trying to figure out what was going on. It was cookie, my cookie delivery, which reminds me I have to pay for them. Cookies. Um, cookie, I'm not. Mm. Uh, you know, just on a whole separate note, speaking of monsters, um, I, you know, Cookie Monster, since you just mentioned it, my parents um, call me Cookie. That's my nickname. Because when Aww. I was young, when I was young, I um, loved the Cookie Monster to such a degree that whenever the Cookie Monster was on the screen, I would go and get cookies and I would chew them and then spit them out because Cookie Monster <laughs> never swallowed the cookies. Yeah, and they, they called me Cookie for years. That was my nickname. <laughs> that I is I, I, adorable. That's pretty cute. I know. Love it. Super adorable. I had, um, as a kid, uh, the nickname Piranha um, because when we used to have, um, because we're very working class, very often had like lamb chops uh, and meat and three veg for dinner. Apparently the way I used to go at a chop and like get every tiny bit of meat and anything (laughs) off it, they were like, it was kind of a Oh, wow. So (laughs) I used to be called Piranha and now I've, Growing up into someone who doesn't eat much meat anymore. So it didn't really stick. But yeah, the weird things we do when we're kids. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Okay. Um, well, my nickname as a kid was Pumpkinhead. Oh. I mean, that makes Because I am a demon of vengeance. No, I'm kidding. No, it was. My mum used to call me Pumpkinhead all the time to the point where she called me in front of one of my friends once and then it stuck and it was really frustrating. Oh. <laughs> oh, these nicknames are cute. I also got Fish Face because of um, fish face. apparently what I do with my face when I'm asleep and can't control. Apparently I do some kind I of. I want to see that. Fish Face. Can you tell Alroy to make a video of you doing that? Just because I want to see it. No, because he will. And I don't want to. <laughs> I don't need that. I'll, just te- I'll text him now, Dean. <laughs> no. Seriously, um, I'm like. 
All I right. absolutely want to say anyway. that. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next movie. Yeah, this was my choice and I had I had forgotten about this one. And to be honest, I struggled to pick this because can I just say it was something I meant to say at the start of this episode. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we had we, we actually struggled a little bit to think of lots of different examples of horror movies about evil kids because when you stop and think about it, a lot of horror movies feature creepy yeah. kids or evil kids, but there's not actually that many that centre on and are specifically about the evil mm. kid. There's yep. lots yeah. of creepy kids that show up in movies, but actually, and and I forgot about this one. Probably I forgot about it because of the incredible and absolutely unexpected twist at the end, which means that it really does fit into this category. So I picked the 2019 film called Eli. So Shuri, hit us with the IMDb. Which doesn't make me think, when I saw the IMDb first, I thought I wasn't sure what you were picking, but a boy yeah. receiving treatment for his autoimmune disorder discovers that the house he's living in isn't as safe as he thought. Oh, what you thought I was just like, oh, like kids with diseases what, are so evil. What, yeah, what drugs is she on? What is going no, on? No, and you no, know no. what? Well, maybe how dare you have a weak immune system. <laughs> Can I tell you though, maybe there's something about about the disarmament of watching something about yes. kids or evil kids. But of the three films, this one had me screaming a couple of times at the television. Mm. <laughs> it's it's one of those films I hadn't really thought much about it. And then um our good friend and fellow horror freak Tristan um, recommended this to me and he just said, I'm not going to say anything about it. Don't look up anything about it. Just watch it. It's yeah. At one point it's going to get bonkers and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> and it absolutely so does. It absolutely, absolutely does. does. So I feel like out of the gate it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about this without kind of getting straight to what is the major twist but at, at all of our listeners know we've got we've got the spoiler warning on for every episode this is this is a film where you 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 think it's one thing but it's another you sit down and start watching it and it feels like it's maybe a um you know those horror movies about like asylums and and mm. you know demented yeah. sort of doctors that doing experiments on on people because it, it revolves around this kid who has an autoimmune um, issue and he has to exist in a bubble. He's like a bubble boy. Um, and he goes to this facility um, that's run by people who are apparently, um, you know, really good at treating these kinds of issues. And he can be in this like basically quarantined massive house where he can be out of his bubble. Um, and so he, he's got this freedom to, to actually just live in a house normally. Um, and you know, you you sort of just think all, all along without going into details, like sort of weird things start to happen and you think, oh, yeah, okay, this is a movie about like, you know, creepy, these creepy doctors, they're, they're going to do experiments. Creepy doctors and ghosts, yeah. And, and ghosts. Um, and it actually, <laughs> because I wondered if you guys might have both started watching it thinking, huh, why should you pitch well, this? This is not yes about no. an I evil kid. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't as much because... The creepy one, like the, the the start of it, I'm like, all right, there's a boy in a bubble type scenario. What's going on? Mm. And and I'll be honest, I forgot that our theme. And a couple of times, I was like, wait, what is our theme? But I didn't mm. uh, I, because I was so, like I said, this made me jump mm. and scream. Like there's some actually, real good jumps. That in it. that mm. first, that that scare that you first get when Eli is in the hallway mm. and and the 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 ghost is running at Eli or whatever it is is mm. running at Eli. 
uh, and I screamed like and jumped. <laughs> and I don't think I've done that during the whole listening of this podcast to this degree wow. at all, to the point that like to the, that degree of jumping, like it really threw me. And I yeah. forgot that we were, what the theme of our podcast was because yeah, yeah. I was like, what is the story? This kid is being terrified. I assumed the evil kids were the kids that were the ghosts. Uh, and, uh, that or maybe the girl outside who was visiting. Or, or maybe the girl. Like there's, there's a yeah. lot of elements here where, where Eli is a smart kid that is finding out that something is not right. And yeah. and there's this medical, and he's being given medicine to treat his problem, but it's actually killing him. Well, and here's where where it's the movie also tricks you so well is that Eli is the character that you align yourself to, right? So he does seem yeah. just like this smart kid who you're going on the journey with him as he figures out the things are not quite right in this house, um, and that this treatment. And don't get me this- wrong, the the doctors are absolutely evil. Like, oh, yeah. like the way, yeah. But I mean that. When the twist happens, the the character he becomes is not typically a character that a horror movie would set you up to align yourself with. So it's so unexpected. Completely. Um, And I remember watching this for the first time when the the twist happened. I remember I was was yelling at the TV. I was so like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so So for those... Those who haven't seen this and well, well just... I was gonna say before we say the twist, does Shory want to say anything else? <laughs> no, yes. no, um I I liked it. I liked the scares. Mm. I kind of called not the exact twist, but what the twist was gonna be early. Ooh. I kind of picked really? that it was gonna be they were trying to suppress something from him rather than Do you reckon his... that's because you the, the theme of this podcast, or do you think it was I you think just so. kind of had a hint? A bit of both, I think. I think because I had an idea, but mm-hmm. I thought I first sort of when you saw the ghost, I thought maybe they're killing evil children in there. Like they're, yeah, people are yeah. bringing their evil kids in and they're dying in there. But then I yeah. was like, well, something about the kid, there's something that they're not, they're doing to him that's making him react like that rather than the other way around. And I thought, okay, so it's going to be something to do with him. He's going to be mm-hmm. suppressing some kind of evil in him to keep him, mm-hmm. oh, you know, to keep him good. So, yeah, but look, it was. There were some really good jump scares and some of the mirror work I loved. Oh, it was I loved, amazing. I'm a, a big fan of, of mirror jump scares, not the ones that are really Same. telegraphed, but the ones yeah. where, like, you know, the, the old faithful one where they, they move the mirror and all of a sudden there's something there. Yes. But this was yeah. more, yeah. they'd move the mirror, there's something like 20 metres behind him, opens up, it's closer, then he flashes the torch and it's closer again. That sort of stuff I like. It's Yeah. Yeah, but, I yeah, it was, but the, the ending came and I was sort of like, yeah, it makes sense. And then it was, I found it a little cheesy. Towards mm. the end, a little bit. Look, I, I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. my thing with it, I mean, we're going to reveal the twist in any moment, but mm. I, I agree. Like, it, it did go to a bit of a cheese balls point, but I think <laughs> that's just because of the, of the, um, well, you had nowhere else to go. Production value, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were working within the means of what they had. I think the thing that loved me is that loved me, that I loved <laughs> was, yeah, weird. It, it's the way that's, in, that was a slip like, of I've ever heard one. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's just, Shory, because you knew the theme of the podcast. I think because you've watched so many of these things, your mm-hmm. mind is already always racing that way. Em, you yeah. already knew. When when the twist that we're about to mention shortly is revealed, I'm like, oh, I mean, those seeds have been there the whole way through. But the interesting part of it for me is right up to it, they, the, 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 they twist and turn. Like when they show you the picture of the doctors who are actually nuns, but then you're mm. seeing 
crosses that don't look like religious crosses on their body. Like they constantly weave these little elements to not tell you what it is. It's there if you look past it. But being me, I look at every wrong thing in a film like this. So I was always looking at the wrong part that was the non-attention part that I needed to pay. And that's how it's designed designed that way. And that's how it works. But now, drum roll, let's get into the twist. Yes. Well, okay, so the, the twist in this film is essentially that we He's discovered- Damien's brother. Yeah. Well, Eli <laughs> is actually a child of Satan himself um, and his, his uh, allergic reactions were, were really like the manifestation of his, you know, satanic abilities coming out um, and, and, and this, this treatment is a way to try and, like, uh, like suppress, 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 suppress it. that um and it kind of all happens in a, in a very dramatic um scene at the <laughs> end in in uh when they're trying to um treat him or, or or subdue him um and it's it's so i just i was uh, i just yeah the first time i watched this i was just like because i just so did not see it coming because i am yeah i'm one of those um those viewers and this is often why so um, sometimes Elroy talks during movies, and when Elroy talks, <laughs> because he's it. he does he, <laughs> I would imagine, is more like you, Shuri. He's really good at um, just he he knows what's going to happen. He just he just he just thinks in story. You know, like yep. Elroy's a writer. He's writing a novel, and his work is is absolutely fucking amazing and creative. And so he just thinks that way. And yeah. I have no idea. And nine times out of ten, he'll be like, oh, I reckon that person's done that. And I'm like, fucking, you can't say anything because <laughs> you're always right. So I I can't remember whether or not Elroy picked it or whether I even watched this with him the first time I saw it, but I never pick it. I never pick it. I'm just, I am along, I'm on for the ride. I'm just sitting there like, what? I kept thinking the adults were the problem right oh. up until the moment that it's revealed and I'm like oh my god it's not and yeah like I kept thinking the adults are going to sacrifice him to the devil or they're going to do because this because that's like, a very common trope so we're yeah, used to seeing yeah. that like and and the visualization know. like a crucifix with a knife in it there were so many things and it's the way the knife grab and all of it like it's just it there's so yep. many of those little elements the good thing that I loved about the twist like yeah it went a bit cheese balls but with great special effects and great mm. reveals and this is a kid just trying to understand like what am I why am well, I exactly. like, what the hell and and the mum's like and and I loved this bit with it. it's just like you know I wanted a child and couldn't get a child and I kept praying it didn't happen so I prayed to Satan there's even that, a point when that earlier there's even a point early on where she's praying and, and the dad goes that's that's not going to help us now mm. like it's he actually says to her that's not going to help us now like he knows what mm. she's done and he's mm. like, yeah, nah, <laughs> that guy forgot mm. us years ago. We're moved, moved and on. Even the, mm. even the simple fact that they're injecting holy water into all they've been putting in the operations is mm. holy water into his system that he's mm. having these huge effects. Like it was just, it was just great. Yeah. And, and that reveal was awesome. Mm. And I mean, what kills me, is there a sequel being made? Because there has to be in my mind. It ends, what, I, I want one more. There's, there's, I feel like. I want the next part of the story because it literally ends with him realising he's the son of the devil and mm. killing everyone in the house for all the torture they've done to him. And his mum's the only one left. 
and um, his mum spent all this time calming him down. And and when his father's betrayed him and everyone else has betrayed him, we assume that his mum is left behind as well. And and there's this the girl out the front the si- that's a, uh, revealed as his sister, mm. you know. And mm. and then it's like, okay, well, let's go meet dad. And it's the mum in the car and the mum's nervous and they drive off. And I'm like, this is mm. awesome. I want to meet dad. Like I want if, if there was never going to be a sequel, right? I want wanted to see that scene. Then what happens is they drive off and then a black car pulls up in front of them and Sam and Dean Winchester get out. Yep. Yep, absolutely. No, it, it looks, looks like this. I'll jokingly say it, but it did feel a bit like you could have put Sam and Dean Winchester in this and it would have felt like 100%. a long supernatural oh, yeah. episode. 100 percent. Yeah. Um, so there's no. I mean, that's not a criticism no... in my mind, but yeah. No, no, no. It's just that hard thing where I think they set up everything so well that you're right. When it came to that big twist, it wasn't just the twist, but because of the special effects and everything, the way they used and everything, it did have a little bit of a um detachment. Hmm. Detachment. Is that just me? Detachment. I was a bit detached. Yeah, detached yeah, yeah. to it in my watching. Mm-hmm. But the so visuals of the, the people hung upside down, being set mm. up alight, loved it. Yep. Yeah, who doesn't love a visual of people hung upside down, being set so, alight? It's good. It's so good. It's good and stuff. also, Hail Satan. But yeah. what I love about it is even with this giant <laughs> twist, even to the very end, he's an evil child. You still sympathise with him. That's what I was just thinking. We've been with. It's great. I think that's quite so, amazing that you're... you're so it, is this a little boy... Good for him. Episode. It absolutely is. <laughs> you like it is it is. a little bit. Yeah, it is 100%. a little bit good for him because you're watching. You're like, I mean, okay, yes, he is. The it's not his the, fault. The but he can't control Satan, what he is. Fault. He can't control what he was born. Exactly. And that's and that's the thing of it. But doesn't that same element work for Macaulay Culkin's character? Like that's how he's no. born. No. No. <laughs> no. No. I thought I'd give it a try. No. <laughs> you are wrong, sir. But it isn't it great that this character is presumed as the villain because of that evil intent? But really, he's still this touchstone character. Like, is this based mm. off a comic or something? Because I, I look at it going, there's this bigger, broader story that I feel like we should be seeing. And it's that he is he is the devil child, but he's he's one we like. I I don't know where this film came. I, I don't. It's not based off of anything else that I'm aware of. But there's also no sequel in the works as as, as yet. Um, just says the film was produced by Paramount Players, MTV Films, and Intrepid Pictures. MTV Films. Mm. I would have absolutely Make, makers made of a Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah. Honestly, though, after this film, I would have absolutely made a television series. Yeah, that, that you know, mum, yeah. Eli, and Devil Sister on the road mm. looking for dad. Unfortunately, Devil Sister had to go do Stranger Things instead. Well, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah, it was speaking fun. of sequels, I... movie with many sequels. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes, god. Yes. So Dean's so many choice. Sequels. This was my pick. This was The Omen, which really is, is it's it's one I hadn't watched yet. I, I knew that scene where this is for you, Damien. <laughs> oh, and um, I just, when we, we were talking about it, I'm like, I absolutely wanted to watch this. So let's get into it. I am DB Shory. So The Omen from 1976. Please don't watch the remake because the remake no. is awful. Right. And the fashion uh, is great in the 1976 one. <laughs> Mysterious deaths surround an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the Antichrist, the devil's own son? Mm. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, Gre- um, Gregory I, had, Peck. I had seen this film before, but only 
once about 15 years ago. Um, so this was another one that I was watching it again. I mean, I've, I roughly know what happens because, mm, yeah. you know, um, yeah. but, you know, it did feel like watching it again for the first time. Um, <laughs> I was reminded that the first time I watched it with some friends, we couldn't get over what we described as his majestic eyebrows, the, the dad who's got these <laughs> glorious dark caterpillar eyebrows. Um, Gregory, Gregory Peck for all those people. He is Gregory yes. Peck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, look, this is great. I, I, I really, it's a classic I mean, for a it's reason. a classic for, exactly. This is one of those ones where you're like, it's a classic for a reason. Like yeah. it's, it, it's a great film. The kid is creepy. I, I quite enjoy how this is a film about. But not creepy, which is what I well, kind of love. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this is a film about a creepy kid where you don't actually, the kid doesn't actually physically do. The kid is secondary to all of yeah. it, right? Which is kind of, kind of great. Because it yeah. it makes it makes him even more ominous somehow hmm. in that just his his just his being there his makes everybody else around him yeah it just makes things yeah. go things go wrong. Um, it, one of the things I loved is because when we're looking at a film like from the seventies, it's they have this tone to exposition and more broadness to scenes and and narrative and narratives and story and music points. That there's if we did this now and remade it now, it'd be so fast and so rushed and so OTT. Mm. But that's not the case at all. Like it really mm. is these circumstances because this is this is who this child is that all these other people and elements are doing things to come to play because mm. and, and I love that part of it really where it's just like it's not something the child can can escape unlike the other two films that we've talked about this is kind of an amalgamation of both of those mm. evil child characters in the past two films mm. but it's the fact that because this is a child and because this is a baby um everyone else is working towards it and a part of it and mm. it's great I love it I like how it's kind of rooted in this world so they don't they don't get to um they don't try and bring i guess fantasy or fantastical elements into the film to represent the evil mm. presence like even even the hellhounds are do- you know they don't try just and create yeah they're just dogs but and i love that you immediately know what that is they don't have they yeah. don't have to create use like any kind of special whatever to make it look like some crazy supernatural dog you're like that's a hellhound that's and yeah, it, yeah. there's something even more terrifying about the fact that everything is just um situated in the world as we know it but yeah. everything is kind of tinted with this evil um uh, yeah kind of kind of force um which yeah and you're right like it's a long-ish film but you don't feel like you're it's at all like, I, mean, I think it's i think it's a- of the films of the time like a lot of them mm. have that like yeah. it's that was the narrative that they have sorry what were you going to say Shori? well it's slow burn but it works it's mm. yeah you know you couldn't there, you know there's been parodies of this and there's a, a one called little evil on netflix which is a parody of this and it's just a slapstick oh. comedy which is it's all right mm. um but something like this especially with the religious aspects and with the research he needs to do you can't just slap it together it needs to have yeah. that gravitas to it when it when at the end you know and especially it, it comes up to the, with the ending, it, it breaks down to that, well, even if this kid is evil, could you kill it? Could you kill the child? You know? Yeah. And there's a there's a movie, um, off a little bit off topic, but there's a movie called, it's actually called Can You Kill a Child? And it's literally an island of evil children these people go to, they think it's a holiday destination, and the kids have killed all the adults. Play, <laughs> playing, playing on, it's like Children of the Corn sort of thing, but okay. playing on, they they 
the kids have taken over because no one they're not people who want to kill like you can't physically bring yourself to kill a child wow. because they're a child and they're innocent so that's the whole premise of it is that we can't stop huh. these kids because we're too people are too but that's a child we can't hurt a child i can't hurt a child Hang yeah. on. And, and, and so it's playing and, so, like, and that's where the ending of this comes into it as well like he he has so to build himself up to take out damien and he yeah, yeah. You know, and he finally brings himself gets himself into the position to do it and unfortunately he's stopped that's really and fascinating, what, though, because that's part of what yeah. makes creepy kids, as we were saying earlier, so terrifying is because <laughs> it's that juxtaposition of the innocence and the evil intent. But that would be the same reason why, I guess, you know, it's these evil kids in films get away with so much, causing so much chaos for so long because it takes yeah. so long for the adults in their lives to, to be convinced. They need so much the burden mm-hmm. of proof to, to to finally accept like no they are evil i've got to take them out like okay i'm really interested in looking up that film shuri but i'm like i cannot google can you kill a child <laughs> yeah i'm not that, going that to google be, that yeah um, i'll say i'll find I, the imdb link for you find okay. the IMDb. <laughs> excellent um, thank you I just, it's that thing as well where it really just proves that if you start by assuming all kids are evil then you're on a better foot, footing step <laughs> than, than anyone else like the trick yeah. It's to not, it's to not, under, not, and I mean, look, I say it's like, this hey, kid, no, you nephews. prove to me that you're not evil. And then, well, this is the thing, this is the thing with kids. This is the thing with kids. Evil until everyone's innocent. like, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, no, they're, they're just like this. And I'm like, no, children are not stupid. They know exactly, mm-hmm. you weren't stupid when you were a child. Kids know exactly what they're doing. You let them get away with stuff. Well, yeah, and, I was about to and, say, in all, in but, all seriousness, I, I mean, do actually think people massively underestimate how switched on kids are. And how much yeah. kids understand and take in, and and just their level of agency and understanding is, I think, mm-hmm. far higher than we think it is. Even if Absolutely. even if kids don't understand the words that you're saying or what you're talking about, kids pick up on like tone and meaning and emotions, and they're like they know they like. Yeah, I, I don't want I to get into so a parenting sh- rant, but no, 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 no. you, go you for know it. what. You know what kid you know what words kids understand? No. Tell your kids no. That mm-hmm. works a lot for when, especially when they become adults. Because yeah. if a kid's child, if they're told no sometimes, that means they stop doing something that they're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And when Uncle another Dean adult says, says no, no don't turn around. Yeah. Mm. Dad says no a lot too. Because you know, you've got to no, place no, kids to learn boundaries. So the kids have learned to go to Nonno for everything. And <laughs> and and it's like, can we have McDonald's? No, you've got food right in front of you. But I want McDonald's. And I'm like, tough. I have this rule with the kids where I'm like, if they all can't agree on something to watch on TV, then you have to watch what I want to watch, knowing full well that they can't agree. So it always works out well for me every Excellent. single time. But back to the film. Um, anyway, back to the yes. omen. Um, yeah, you're right. One of the things that's just fantastic about it mm. is is that it con- it's it's that Damien isn't necessarily going out of his way. He's a kid. He's doing it. He's mm. a kid doing simple stuff, and everyone else is making sure they're giving Damien the best advantage to be the most mm. evil child Damien can be. Although I will say, I, I agree with what you're saying that in some in some sense, it's kind of like Eli in that this is just who he is. Yeah. That being said. Damien has that creepy fucking smile that makes me think. That smile. Bitch, you know that you're evil. You know and you want to do bad things. I think so. I do think he's like somewhere in between Henry and Eli. He's he's yeah. like. I I, wonder, I would have wanted to sit in the audition <laughs> for this child. 
The child, I think just the child <laughs> speak, it all does that little bit screamy thing, the thing at the wedding. But it's like, imagine them just auditioning a whole lot of children and saying, give me an evil smile. Could you imagine? That would have been yep. such an interesting week of auditions. Mm-hmm. No, when I was, I laughed because when you said Henry, my brain didn't go to the Good Son. It went to Henry Portrait oh, of a Serial Killer. When we were watching The Good Son, I said to Elwood, I was like, oh, maybe this is like a fucking prequel to Henry Portrait as a Serial Killer because yep. it's creepy. Surprise me at it's all. creepy as. Um, yeah. I, oh, just imagine the day of, um, speaking of like what it would have been like filming this, imagine the day of filming when they were like, right, kids. I want you to throw the biggest effing tantrum. You, I don't know why I just censored myself, but anyway, I, I'm imagining children. that I'm, You're talking I'm about children. Producer. That's right. I'm imagining that I'm the, I'm the director talking to kids. Throw me the biggest effing tantrum that you possibly can in this car. Can you imagine for the two so, adults doing that scene over and over and over? And, yeah. So you know the thing, it's, it's, actually, it's actually in the trivia. Okay. So Henry Stevens as Damien was largely chosen for his role from the way he attacked Richard Donner during auditions. Donna asked all the little boys to come at him as if they were attacking Catherine Thorne during the church wedding scene. Stephen screamed and clawed at Donna's face and kicked him in the groin during his act. Donna whipped the kid off him, ordered the kid's blonde hair dyed black and cast him as Damien. Wow. There you go. Wow. And you know what I love? I mean, I was wondering why she was wearing that stupid bonnet. Um, just, But it just added, like from a fashion uh, perspective, that scene is so odd. And I was like, girl, what are you wearing? And then it works the over that scene when she's ripping it off and then her hair's all a mess and it's just like, oh, uh, look, the fashion is great. The house is ridiculous. Like, no one, you, if you have a house like that, of course you're going to fall off the cement bloody layer siding. It, it was just like, who are we kidding? You're it, asking But her. it was yeah. just, a, and a hilarious falling scene. Um, yes. Uh, but, oh, but, oh my God. Yes. Did you notice? Okay. She fell. She's falling. She spun. And she yeah. spun in slow motion. Like, not like the, not like the camera slowed down, not like slow motion. She just, she's she a just, cat. Whoop. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? We, we were watching it, and Chris at that point went, what the hell was that for? Like, <laughs> yes. we were literally like, what that she better not be dead from that and it was like <laughs> no she's not but it was literally like if she's dead it's only because some of the glass from the fishbowl would have cut her or something it was just because <laughs> we were both just standing there and just being like what was that that's not a mm-hmm. death ball and it wasn't but this is what's great about this film as well is like have, i was like why have to be ambassadors at the start why all of these things but actually it, le- it leads into all the elements of the creepy house, being able to have a yeah. governess, yeah. Um, uh, him being able to travel to Italy oh. easily, so many different things. And, and also the bigger part of it is where Damien ends up at the end. Exactly, exactly. It means that Damien has has got, he, he's he's found his way into, you know, a sphere of power, of, of human power and control. And it means that once he's gotten rid of uh, his parents, he's then um, uh, in, in the, in the custody, he's being being he's presumed, taken care of by the president. By the president. So now he's, um, he's yeah. Got <laughs> now I'm just curious. Sequels. So, Shori, you've watched these sequels, right? Uh, I've seen one of them. I do have the. I have four of them on Blu-ray. Um, Are they about this Damien, or do they do other things? Like, well, what's the? It shows he grows up, obviously. But the so when you get to the third one. Yeah, Damien of the Omen Three: The Final Conflict. He's actually grown up, played by Sam Neill. What? Really? Yeah. 
Sam Neil. Mm. I can't see him as evil. <laughs> that's that's a struggle for me. I'm just looking at him. That's from 1981, so it's young-ish. Yeah. Okay. Sam Neil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Mm. I'm just looking at images from the remake of The Omen and oh, Julia Stiles. No. Yeah. Huh. Oh, and the guy that played up. Um, it's the um. Guy, the Lee guy Schreiber. Yes. Oh, weary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just loving the joy. No, no, no. I absolutely love. Like, this is one of the things where we've had, this has been three great films. The Omen, good classic as well. But our yeah. tangents are most enjoyable for my ears today. They're, they're today. amazing. <laughs> we, do, we do love a good tangent. Um, we really I, do. I was, I did want to say, because I thought, Shori, that you would be quite impressed to hear this. Cool. I, uh, watching the Omen, Sorry, I just thought for a second that I saw another amazing person in this movie, but I was mistaken. Um, watching, getting near to the end of this film, I was so, I was so impressed by the kill of the the photographer when the the thing goes yes. and his head comes his head off. off. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was awesome! And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's. That's not like me. I was like, I loved that. I'm like, I've got to but share this great. with you guys. I'm so just, proud. I'm it, so proud. I think it was just that it wasn't like, okay, so my thing is just lots of um no, you know what? I'm gonna cool. save it. Tomorrow's we are gonna we're gonna get tomorrow's to tomorrow's podcast. episode. I, I can was about to say we got plenty to talk well, about on that, on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? No, I'm gonna pause it. But I loved this. I, I don't know what it was about it that I loved. It was just <laughs> I don't know, it was just it was shot really it's, well. But it's I thought it's it was Rube also it's Rube Goldberg. Well, it's so yeah. yeah, it's so elaborate the, the way it things and you're getting you're going, well, hang it on, something's gonna happen. The use no. of darkness was really well done as well. And like, it happened so it really... at a moment at a moment that I wasn't expecting it. So I wasn't yeah. Yeah. like, oh, done with gore. I was just like, oh, what's happening? And then it was just like whoosh, and, I was and like, it ends with yeah. it, and you go, Oh yeah, oh it's a, it's an oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I loved it. Beautiful. Loved it. It was good. Um <sighs> heck, this has been a good Oh, look, I needed I needed a reminder that children are evil, and I'm very grateful yeah. that, that this was our reminder. Now we have um, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's important, we and we should never forget that. Um, on that I note, want- though, I'm available for babysitting services <laughs> if anyone should need. But please have your own knives for your carry to walk around, children to carry yeah. around with. I you am know. not. I don't understand kids or anything about them. Please don't leave your children with me. And I'm happy <laughs> for someone else to look after my kids for me. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Um, alrighty. Well, we'll we'll speak to you all. You won't speak back, but we'll speak to you all. To, I don't know. It sounded like we were going to have a conversation. But I'm like, we'll, we'll, have on conversation. we'll have a one. We'll have another one-sided conversation with you tomorrow. Yeah. We will. Be sure to hit us up on our socials. Let us know if you've got a horror child story or yeah. uh, another horror child film you think would be great or even just, quite frankly, something evil that you did as a child or an evil picture of you as okay, a child. Okay, but don't... Throw it at us. Don't don't get too, weird, like, you know, we're... Save certain things for your psychologist, okay? Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to send me a story about uh, you hurting some kind of animal, I'm going to throw you off a cliff. I was like just about to say, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll pretty much... <laughs> block you and shoot you into the sun. So <laughs> none of that. <laughs> none of that. All right, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. 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 
You can get in touch with us on Twitter at podofthedam.com or on Instagram at podcastofthedamned. Don't forget that there's only a few more days before the voting closes for what film we'll be watching and talking about for our final episode this Sunday on October 31st. That's right, you're picking the film for our 31st episode. And in the list is Cabin in the Woods, House of Haunted Hill, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Young Frankenstein, The Faculty, Ready or Not, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Messiah of Evil and Scammy. This has been so interesting because you're all picking very different things than we thought you would and we're really excited to see at midnight on Thursday which film we're going to be watching and talking about. Head to potofthedam.com to place your vote and we can't wait to see where it's going to end up. We'll see you tomorrow with more horror fun. Yeah.